The following is a Cheeky Leprechaun production. Pop culture is the entirety of ideas. Hi, me, Mario. Let the bass kick. You I am the greatest. Holy eggshell. I am the father. Episode 25 of the Pop Culture Experience. How are we doing? You good? What are you, uh, what are you watching? I myself am watching Dead to Me Season 2. Are you up to date with that? Maybe not. So I won't talk about it too much. It's hot off the press. Maybe a couple days old, maybe a week by this point. But um, myself and Georgia, my girlfriend, have been just enthralled by it. We loved the first season. Loved it. Um, and one of those ones where it's, it's a classic Netflix temparter at this point, isn't it? Where you go, you look at it, especially a half-hour one like this, and you go, we don't have much on tonight. You know, quarantine, obviously. Uh, should we just... Let's just watch a couple episodes. All right, we'll just start it, and we'll we'll chip away at it. And then, you know, that was one night, and suddenly we're six episodes deep out of ten, and the following night, we're on the cusp of finishing it. So, so much so that we've had to go, nah, let's, let's leave the last episode for tomorrow night. Just... For the love of God, we need something to look forward to, don't we? Um, so that's Dead to Me, season two. If you, if you haven't got around to it, thoroughly recommend that. Uh, fantastic show. Fantastic. Um, bit in the news this week. I mean, there's a, the, the world's starting to sort of just climb its way back, isn't it? It's sort of... Uh, it, the wheels are turning a little bit. Maybe in America a little too soon. I think we all might agree. He's sort of looking here in Australia where we seem to have handled things quite well. Uh, the the testing rate for coronavirus very high at the moment. And the uh, obviously the higher uh, test count you have, the more you're going to find people that are infected. But the numbers are continuing to drop. And it's really good. We're able to start slowly starting our three-step process to trying to get back to a bit of a normal life. America, absolutely knackered. Uh, you know, sorry, anyone that happens to know an American, or maybe you're in America and you're listening. If so, uh, how you doing? Hope you're well. But, gosh, it, it seems premature over there, doesn't it? Uh, given the death count continues to climb, and uh, Donald is sort of like, ah, full steam ahead. Let's look. We had a little bit of a lull. Let's just get back into it. And this thing should just, you know, weed itself out over time. As long as the economy keeps flowing. It's an interesting approach. It's certainly an approach. Uh, but anyway, it's good to see here in Australia, the world starting to, trying to get turning again. Biggest thing for me, and a lot of people, is the AFL. The Australian Football League looks to be, maybe getting ready to launch again. Now, we got season one out the way before my beloved Brisbane Lions were in the middle of their game and at halftime of round one back in March or something, uh, the AFL announced at halftime, season's done for now. We're on hold. We'll be back soon. And there's been a tough slog of weeks where we've just had, we've had no footy, all right? No footy, um... And it's cost. It's it's taken a hit to morale. I feel like if we have footy back, it'll at least give something to get people pepped up about. Something exciting, something to look forward to, some healthy competition. 
Um, so yeah, things are things are moving along. Um, there's a bit of news this week. There is a bit of news in the world of pop culture. So let's get into a little bit of that. First off, the sad news, absolutely horrible news of a comedic legend, Jerry Stiller, father of Ben, funnily enough. I reckon I learnt that Ben Stiller's dad was Jerry Stiller. Probably not long enough ago that I'm proud to really put a date to it, but regardless, it was after I'd seen Zoolander, put it that way, and I started connecting the dots, and I was like, holy crap, that's his dad, that's that's mind-blowing, makes sense, since Ben Stiller, I, I don't care where you sit on Ben Stiller, absolute, he also, comedy genius, fantastic, movie maker, screenwriter, actor, he does it all, but Jerry, his dad, you might know him for two reasons, one of two reasons I'd imagine, from a certain generation, people knew him as a comedy act with his wife, Anne Stiller, oh god, I hope I got that right, uh, but they were part of a comedy act, a husband-wife comedy act, and they were huge in like the 70s um, and the 80s, but then it was really, at least to me, when he really hit mainstream success, and I imagine this is broadly the case as well, was when he was cast on Seinfeld as Frank Costanza, George's dad, uh, Frank and Estelle out in Queens, and uh, there's no doubting that that role he did in Seinfeld was absolutely iconic, so much so, let's have a little listen to a couple of the grabs here that I've got of Jerry Stiller as Frank Costanza. You can't face the fact that I'm improving myself. You're not the only one improving yourself. I worked out with a dumbbell yesterday. I feel vigorous. Why'd you put the bananas in there? George likes the bananas! So let him have bananas on the side! All right, please! Please! I cannot have this constant bickering! That's not a booth! So who says we have to sit in a booth? I didn't take the subway all the way to New York to sit at a table like that! Maybe you should take a civil service test. I'm not taking a civil service test. Look at this, George. You ever seen a silver dollar? Yes, I've seen a silver dollar. Why don't you want to take a civil service test? To do what? Work in the post office? Is that what you want me to do? Would you believe when I was 18, I had a silver dollar collection? I don't understand. You get job security, you get a paycheck every week. I'm a college graduate. You want me to be a mailman? You know, I couldn't bring myself to spend one of these. I got some kind of a phobia. I don't know. I do know that I have some kind of a talent, something to offer. I just don't know what it is yet. I bet that collection would be worth a lot of money today. (laughs) Oh, my God. Doctor gave me a relaxation cassette. When my blood pressure gets too high, the man on the tape tells me to say, Serenity now! Are you supposed to yell it? And then the tape wasn't specific. Let me understand. You got the hen, the chicken, and the rooster. The rooster goes with the chicken. So who's having sex with the hen? <laughs> I talk about it all the time. But you see my point here? You only hear of a hen, a rooster, and a chicken. Something's missing. Welcome, newcomers. The tradition of Festivus begins... With the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, 
You're going to hear about it. You, Kruger, my son tells me your company stinks. Oh, God. Boy, we'll get yours in a minute. Kruger, you couldn't smooth a silk sheet if you had a hot date with a babe. I lost my train of thought. Now, obviously, I'm a little bit biased there because Seinfeld's one of my all-time favorites. It's just that simple. It's, it's one of everyone's all-time favorites. If you don't like Seinfeld, you can get lost as far as I'm concerned. It's a great comedy uh, masterpiece. Now, obviously, there was when I brought this up, funnily enough, to Georgia and her brother Nick, uh, I said, I was like, oh, geez, bloody Jerry Stiller. And Nick was like, yeah, Seinfeld. He was also the dad in King of Queens. And I, to me, I was like, of course he was, actually. That's, that's really true. Always forget that because, to me, it's always Frank Costanza. But he was. He was the dad in King of Queens. And to Georgia, seemed to be more of a you know jumping-off point for her to go, oh, Jerry Stiller. Oh, my God, was that him? Oh, that's so sad. Mild disappointment with my girlfriend in that moment because, come on, Frank Costanza. That's what he was. That's what he was best known for. But, I mean, he obviously appeared in a lot of Ben Stiller's films later. Iconically, Zoolander. Um, yeah, this guy did a lot of great stuff. Uh Lot, massive outpouring for Jerry Stiller. For a bloke that was 92, um, and you could argue a lot of his work, he hasn't really done a whole heap since. The last big thing he did was probably, I dare say, King of Queens, but maybe Zoolander. I guess he probably has more of a renewed pop culture presence thanks to Zoolander, especially Zoolander 2 coming out in 2015 or whenever that was. Um, yeah. Jerry Stiller, very sad passing, massive outpouring from celebrities. So that was a bit of sad news to start off our pop culture news for the week. There's, there's going to be deaths, isn't there, from time to time? It's unavoidable. Unavoidable. But you've got to celebrate the lives. Uh, what was next? This one excited me, okay, because I was absolutely gobsmacked when this initial announcement came out from Warner Brothers that Superman had been put on the shelf for a Supergirl movie. Now, I get that Justice League wasn't exactly a critical hit. It wasn't even a box office hit, for the love of God. But there was absolutely no denying that Henry Cavill makes a fantastic Superman. Just give him a decent script, for the love of God. Someone get it. Someone get this man a script that's not written by Zack Snyder. I mean, I like Zack Snyder, but come on. Now, that came out and I thought, oh, Christ. Supergirl, that's what. That's where we're going with this. I mean, we've got a Supergirl TV show, first of all. So the marketplace is covered in Supergirl already. Now people would say, yeah, but what about The Flash? We're getting a Flash movie and there's a Flash TV show that's gone longer than Supergirl. Yeah, okay, I get that. I get that. But let's not beat around the bush. The Flash is a bigger character than Supergirl. The Flash doesn't have a cousin that's a bigger, co- that's a bigger character than him. Supergirl is cousin's with Superman. Who would you rather see? Superman. He came first. He's a bigger character. He's more iconic. Let's get Superman right before we worry about Supergirl. Okay? No. I'm sorry. Look, we've got, we've got Wonder Woman. We've got Black Widow. This isn't a female superhero thing that I've got some issue with. Absolutely not. There's better female superheroes that you can make a movie with. Supergirl. Sure. Cool. Whatever. There's, unfortunately... A better version, which is Superman, and it's not a sex thing, 
But it's that Superman is literally considered, across Marvel and DC and all of comics, as the biggest superhero. The, the one that is almost invincible. It's half the reason they have an issue making a movie with him. Because how do you make that character vulnerable? And they reckon that, you know, if you can't make a character vulnerable, then humans can't relate. Humans can't relate. They struggle to understand and, and sympathize with the character. If you can't sympathize with the character, you're not going to be invested in the movie. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. But it doesn't... There's no denying the fact. Did you see Man of Steel in 2011, I think that came out? Maybe 2013, was it? One of those. And, uh, yeah, okay. This is like some mythical... He's essentially Jesus. People love Jesus. Think about the Catholic Church. It's massive. Massive. Not sure why they're not on board with Super... Well, I guess because technically he's from another planet which means there's races of people on another planet, which means, well, did God create... Yeah, okay, I can understand the problems there. My point is, I was never on board for a Supergirl movie, okay? I wasn't. I just I wanted to see a Superman movie done right, like the uh, 70s Superman movie with Christopher Reeves, where people go, that is the perfect Superman movie. We get great Batman movies. We're overdue for a great Superman movie. We've seen in Marvel, they've done Iron Man, they've done all these characters so well. Let's give a bit of, let's put a bit of spit and polish on Superman and get him back to his former glory. Thankfully, that's where this story's going. Warner Brothers have now come out and said, Supergirl, actually, we're going to put it on the back burner. Let's bring Superman back out. Now, I wish these people would stop piss farting around with these ideas and actually commit to something. Because maybe if we hadn't have done this stupid thing in the first place with Supergirl, maybe we'd be somewhere with a Superman movie right now. Maybe we'd have a script. Maybe, post-coronavirus, we'd be ready to shoot. Maybe Henry Cavill would be very excited about returning to Superman, and we could have all of this worked out, and we wouldn't be piss-farting around with these stupid ideas of, maybe we should just put this on the shelf for now. Let's just commit to an avenue and go down it. Okay. So that was actually a good news story. As much as I got a bit caught up in that and a little bit frustrated, good news story there. Superman back on the menu, Supergirl off for the time being. Another big one. Another big one coming out. was It was announced today, at the time of recording, announced today, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2. Do you remember those games on uh, PS... Well, it was on PlayStation. Probably the first PlayStation they would have been on. Uh, getting remakes, remastered versions, similar to a Crash Bandicoot or a Spyro type setup. I'm loving this. I'm loving the trip down memory lane that they're doing with PlayStation, where they're going, hey, remember all your old classics? They can still be good. Let us just upgrade them a little bit. Good as new. Talk about spit and polish. That's what they've done here. Pro Skater 1 and 2 coming out as a pack of Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 games, remastered for PS4. I do hope that... I'm not even sure if this has been confirmed. A gaming buff that might be listening to this, I know there's a couple that listen, might be able to confirm this. Whether or not it's been confirmed that the new PlayStation will be backwards compatible, or it must be, because why would they be continuing to work on these remastered PS4 games if, you know, in the next... When's the PlayStation coming out? Like, this year or next year? They're just going to be like, ah, oh, well, they're no good anymore. We're going to have to remaster them or, you know, update them for PS5 now. So if someone can give me the heads up on that, that'd be good. That would be good. 
But yeah, I'm loving that. Loving that. I was always more of a Tony Hawk underground guy myself, though. Don't know about you, but yeah, I, I, that was the first one I had. I think I had it on PS2 even. Could be wrong on that. Someone might just go, mate, idiot. That was a PS1 game. Maybe. Maybe. Regardless, I'm keen. All about the nostalgia on a bit of Tony Hawk. Uh, Another huge bit of news. This. Actually, no, I'll end with that. I'll end with that. Let's skip forward to this one. Uh, Second last bit of news for this week. Hamilton. The movie. So, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda. I believe that's how you pronounce it. The creator of Hamilton, the famous stage show that's gone on to win Tony Awards, everything. It's it's one of the biggest stage shows ever at this point, at least in modern history. Uh, took it upon himself to get a film crew to come out and film one of the last, uh, uh, I guess, times that the original Hamilton cast performed Hamilton before they wrapped up and they pass it on, you know how they, they change the cast. They keep it fresh, they move cities and the the cast change, all that sort of thing. And so they've made a film out of it. There's a film version, which they do with a lot of these ones, like the 25th anniversary of Les Mis was one, and you know, they, I think there was a Cats one, not the movie, but an actual Cats one. So it's not a fictional or a uh, dramatization or, or a feature film. It's not a feature film. It's a live action uh, recording of Hamilton. So that's a pretty big... Often they do these films with the stage shows and, like, they're pretty niche. They're for a pretty niche audience where, let's be honest, that like for Les Mis, the 25th anniversary, for example, uh, you know, your audience is probably an older audience. You know, maybe the people that originally saw it a long time ago on, on the stage because um, they bring back a lot of the old actors and stuff. But Hamilton is a very recent play it's again modern history people love it young old uh in between and it was going to be coming out in this in the theaters in the cinema and 2021 next year yet disney have now gone actually no 3rd of july 2020 disney plus Oof, another blow for the cinema industry now, you'd normally look at that and go, oh, that's not a blow. Come on, it's not a blockbuster. Yeah, maybe not. But it's certainly something where it's something that people can't access anymore. So people can't see that original cast of Hamilton perform the show anymore. It's just they've disbanded the cast. It's not going to happen again, probably anyway. It's a way for people to go, oh, my God, they've actually done a movie version of it. We could go see it in the cinema with a big screen, loudspeakers, and it'll be great. It's a loss for the cinema industry, that. Small or big, whatever your perception is, it's another loss. It's another hit. It's another instance of things moving to streaming and skipping cinemas. Uh, it's, a, it's a blow. Hopefully, it's not a, a sign of things to come. The Disney CEO, the new guy, the new Bob. Remember, we spoke about him on another episode. can't remember his last name, but it's not Bob Iger. It's the new Bob. Came out and he did say, he's like, look, we'd, we still believe in the cinema industry, the, the experience of cinema um so we will be we will continue to release blockbusters there but you know we have to consider our streaming platform so how much they consider it how much they consider it is to be seen i guess we will find out and the last bit of news just to really round out a solid news bulletin that i put together there 
really strong stories, all of which could be really lead stories, but you know, not all could. Uh, we had a strong start, Jerry Stiller, sad start, but strong start, and we end with a strong note, uh, and I'm going to give maybe a bit of an interesting take on this, I don't know, <sighs> Becky Lynch, massive, arguably the biggest star that the WWE have right now, maybe may the biggest star in professional wrestling, think about your Rocks, your Austins, you know, no one on, in this day and age is on that level, but... You know, Becky Lynch is sort of seen as the equivalent to an Austin, a rock. And look, she's, you know, male or female, she, she's been able to break the mold, break the barriers to a point where she's, she's a bigger star than majority of the men. You know, there's a lot of people that might find that hard to comprehend. They're like, oh, come on. Like, women don't get a fair chance. Yeah, but they, they didn't until Becky Lynch. This woman, little, literally single-handedly, I'm going to put it down, single-handedly broke the mold and forced the company to put her number one. Main event to WrestleMania two years ago because she was the biggest star. The, that's who the crowd chanted for. And they just, they demanded it. They would chant her name until, you know, it got to a point where she was the champion. She had everything the biggest star would have. The biggest star in the WWE and arguably professional wrestling has announced she's stepping away due to being pregnant. She's having a baby. And that's, you know, that's really exciting news. You know, people are celebrating really, really exciting news. And she's actually engaged with Seth Rollins, who's one of the biggest stars in wrestling as well. So a little power couple, um, a little power baby on the way, if you will. And... You know, I don't know them on a personal note. I don't. You know, they're they're people that entertain me each week. Becky Lynch in particular, because she's the one stepping away. He doesn't have to step away. Not now, anyway. Maybe when the baby comes. But it really bloody hit me. I went, geez, that's from a from a (laughs) from a selfish fan standpoint. And looking at it from her professional standpoint. Now, I'm sure she's wrapped. I'm sure she's wrapped. But she's literally at the height of her career. Um, Now she's got to... That's it. She's got to step away. It, God, it just seems unfair, doesn't it? It seems so unfair that she, the biggest star in her profession, has to step away to have the baby. Like, it's just one of those moments where you go, God, God, I should have to, you know, be able to have the baby too. It's a great thing that the women get to have the baby. God, it's a shame for a successful woman to have to step away at the prime of her career to have the baby when, you know, you just hope that this was the plan. I'm a disgruntled fan and I'm going to unfortunately miss one of my favorite parts of wrestling each week, which was Becky Lynch. So, yeah, selfish for me, joyous for them. Probably rubbed a couple people the wrong way with some of my views on men and women being able to have a baby. Um, not sure if any of that was offensive. It's one of the perks of a podcast. You sort of put it out and you find out later. All right, we've covered the news. Now, we, you know, 2020's been a bit of a crappy year, hasn't it? It's been pretty average. There's been a lot of negatives coming out of 2020. A lot of moments where you find yourself just going, 
what is going to happen next? There is nothing to look forward to. Especially, the world's shut down at the moment. So it's literally gotten to the point where things started bad and they've just gotten to a point where we can't even go outside, really. So it's been easy to slip into those doom and gloom moments of thought where you're just like, ugh, what's it all for? There's nothing to get excited about. And the thing that seems to have been happening and the things that seem to have been keeping a lot of us excited and upbeat and looking forward to things are things from our past. A lot of nostalgia because there's not nothing new is really happening. Everything's come to a standstill. So for new things to get us excited, it's sort of caused us to turn to the past. And it's happened a couple of times in 2020 so far. I mean, everyone is engrossed by The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary. It, like, looking back and getting excited, each week we get two more episodes of looking back on a time that people remember fondly. We get to look back at, you know, a great athlete. It gets us motivated, and that's really good. You know, things like today, what I spoke about in the news, the Tony Hawk Pro Skater remake, the remaster of that game. People are like, I love that game as a kid. I can't wait for that to come out now. It's going to be so exciting. I've got that to look forward to. There's been numerous things that have been happening throughout this year that really are just causing us to get nostalgic and look back on things we enjoyed from our past. Now, the most recent thing, well, not the most recent, but another massive thing lately has been the resurgence and the, well, the resurgence of interest, I guess, in Mike Tyson. (laughs) <laughs> when was it? like yeah Mike Tyson you see him around a fair bit I mean I'm a big boxing fan so I see his face around or him interviewed quite a bit uh you know maybe if you he's got a podcast that you might listen to but in pop culture I mean think about it he's massive whether it was his boxing career whether it was his infamous run-ins with the law that you're everyone's familiar with at this point whether it was him in the hangover and his really funny role in that maybe it was his uh, the Mike Tyson cartoon series, which was also a wacky trip into a world that you never quite thought you'd step into. Mike Tyson's presence in pop culture is undeniable. I mean, just think of his face tattoo. Everyone knows that. How can you forget about his face tattoo? A tattoo he has is even prominent in pop culture. Put it that way. So when a video surfaced just the other week of Mike Tyson looking pretty trim, and hitting the pads, like we probably haven't seen him hit the pads in quite some time, it got people excited, people were like, holy shit, look at Mike Tyson, this is really exciting, is he training for something, because he looks real fit, why is he hitting the pads so bloody hard, if it's not for a reason, people were thinking that way, people were talking that way, and then yesterday, or maybe it was yesterday, I can't remember, in the past couple of days, a new video has come out, And it's an extended video of Tyson hitting the pads on numerous different occasions, you know, training different combinations, different things, and Jesus Christ, looking fantastic in the process. And now, at the end of that video, Tyson says, I'm back. Now, there'd been speculation that he was training for something, maybe a fight, maybe a charity fight, maybe an exhibition fight. We don't really know at this point but he seems to be training for something. And now I wouldn't imagine that he would go through all this effort of training for something if there isn't something lined up. So put it this way, all these questions have been, you know, raised since these videos have started coming out. Like, jeez, could Tyson still go? Like, 
who would he fight? What would that look like? Should he fight? Um, and essentially getting us to just be talking about Mike Tyson again. And there's a lot of people that this is a great distraction for them in the world at the moment. Just looking at something that brings them hope, brings them a bit of motivation, seeing a guy in his 50s going on the pads like that. Um, and yeah, it, it made me think, I've got to look into this a little bit more. I've got to ask some of these questions to myself and answer them. But what better way to do that than with somebody else as well? So I'm joined by Dave from uh, Bobby Dunn's Boxing Gym. He's one of the head trainers down there. And yeah, we just talk all things Mike Tyson and what the hell the future holds for him. All right, Dave, we're here talking Mike Tyson. Now, I've gone to you because I know for a fact you have a Mike, Mike Tyson painting up in your home garage. Is that true? Yeah, am I, have I imagined it? Absolutely. Mike Tyson was an enigma, mate, and he still is an enigma. You know that. He is an enigma, isn't he? I mean, the fact that the social media work of his at the moment screams enigma. But tell me, were you a Mike Tyson fan from the get-go? When did you jump on? Everyone was. In the in the 80s, 90s, mate, everyone was a Mike Tyson fan. You know, you, you when he fought, you looked at, you, you've counted the rounds of that, whether it be first round, second round, third round, whether it be knock him out. Then there was the uncomfortable era, era after Holyfield beat him a second time, and it was like, oh, dear, he went downhill. But the early days, he was phenomenal. He was, he was, he was phenomenal. I can only imagine what it because there's no real the the probably the closest thing in recent years is probably a Golovkin in terms of looking at somebody and going, when's he going to knock him out? But in terms of the the pop culture mainstream appeal that Tyson had, which is just crazy because he wasn't a good guy by any stretch, Dave. <laughs> He was an animal. He was less than an animal. He was a disgrace. <laughs> Mate, he was a disgrace. He wanted to kill people's family members and so forth. And he said that in, in openly in those in those um, press conferences. But you know what, Dan? You've got to respect the great white shark. He has no natural predators. And he had none. Like he he went into the ring with a with a towel, with a head cut out through the towel, over the top, black shorts, black. Uh, black shoes, and he went there to destroy people. And he'd often he didn't just, want to make wouldn't it? Wouldn't he just come out to either no music or just chains, sort of crashing, <laughs> wasn't it? It's... It was, and that look on his face was like, "I'm there to do the job, and I'm there not to make friends. I'm not here to showboat. I'm there just to kill you." And that's pretty much where it was. I Isn't mean, it... those early days, he was angry. Isn't it so weird though that, like, in in this day and age? I don't know how much that would fly. People don't, like, if you've got somebody that's, let's be honest, he was a convicted <laughs> sex offender <laughs> that comes out and he's, you know that, okay, yeah, he goes in the ring and kills people, but there's a good chance this bloke could kill somebody in real life. I don't know if people would love that anymore, but people people are still enamored, enamored by this bloke. They are. They still, and seriously, they still love him, don't they? People still, for, but, but you know what the best thing about him? What you see with Tyson is what you get. Yeah, he has he has said quotes throughout his journey, right? And we know he he talks about his his uh, failings with drugs and his women and and threw all his money away. And still, you know, I think there was a great quote where he where he was he said, you know, Mayweather says he's the greatest of all time in in Vegas, and and he said, you know, he's a little man, and greatness is taking your children to school without without security and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, he's just a scared little boy, and I think everyone's seen that. He's not scared of just saying it straight. No, yeah, you're right. What, I think that's what Tyson. So everyone loves him. 
Well, I guess that's the thing. It's when it goes beyond the ring and Tyson had that ability to either be in a press conference or where, as you sort of alluded to before, when he said to Lennox Lewis, he's like, I want, it, I want your heart and I want to eat your children. It's like, what? what? <laughs> There's a headline for tomorrow. Of course we can print that. I know. I know. It's just out of control. But look, you know, I think watching watching the video the other day of him punching on, like, it, it, it just... It went viral. The first mm. went for about 10 seconds. It went viral. The second one went for 25 seconds. It went viral. I mean, people are still really interested in him. And look, between you and I, Dan, and all your listeners, I hope he doesn't fight because the anticipation of watching him train is better than a, a four-minute or a four-round exhibition fight where you know that he's going to look like a 53-year-old. Yeah. He's not going to have the same... Like, he looks after a marijuana factory these days or he grows marijuana for a living. He can't be too angry. No, no, he can't be. And let's be honest, if he's not angry, it's not Mike Tyson, is it? Mind you, mind you, Dave, it's easy to forget because he looks pissed off on the pads, doesn't he? He doesn't look angry, uh, doesn't look happy at all. But the thing is, it's what do you reckon it is that has people so interested by him? Because, yeah, all right, there's been last... I don't know, let's say year, there's been those little videos that have sort of come out from time to time. Might be him with an NBA player or somebody and he's sort of showing them how you move around. And there was all those little things where you go, geez, he's still strong, Tyson, isn't he? He still looks good through the hips and all that sort of thing. There's still been that groundswell for interest in Tyson, but I don't know why. I can't put my finger on why because realistically, until the last couple of years, his public perception hasn't been good. He hasn't no, really... No, it hasn't. It, the last thing that we remember of Bo- Tyson's boxing career were losses and like a, sh- a shell of the man that he was. He was terrible. He was terrible. He got His last one, um, Fennec threw the towel in his last fight. Yeah. Like, you know, it was shocking. But I think, I think we all... We grew up with Tyson, right? He's, uh, Muhammad Ali was a memory. He was a black and white video... You know, and we only hear stories of how good he actually was and who he fought and the, the, the compete competition that he went up against. Tyson went through an era where, you know, he, he fought the best and, and heavyweight fighters looked like heavyweight fighters. They looked, they were muscular, they were ginormous human beings. Now you get, you know, overweight butterbeans and, and there's not yeah. a lot of character and, and he came through this era where people were frightened of him. But... They couldn't. It was like a car crash. You couldn't stop watching. And, um, you know, I think that's sort of how he is still. And I think the thing with, at the moment, the interest, like obviously the interest has been there for a little while, but with, with what we're all going through at the moment, there's bugger all to look forward to, isn't there? I was sort of saying this earlier in the show where we don't have anything to look forward to. Look at us all with the Last Dance documentary, the Michael Jordan documentary. Every bastard's jumped on board. I'm not even a big NBA fan. Suddenly I'm going... I love NBA. I love it. Yeah, I know. But, and and that's, they're old too. They're old too. And they're from a, a bygone era of it's sort of memories and, and, and like historical moments people have that they look back on and go, oh, weren't they the days? So it's given us something to get excited about again. And look, did you see, did you see, because there's all this talk, maybe Tyson's going to do an exhibition fight. Who, who should he fight? If he did, Dave, who would you want to see him do it with? He'd have to fight Holyfield. He would, wouldn't he? He'd have to fight. It, it's got it's got zero interest in fighting Sonny Bill or yeah. Barry Hall. Or oh, it's just 
it's got zero interest. It's yeah. got to be a, a, a nostalgic fight that, and Holyfield was the, was the man. I mean, Holyfield came out with a video yesterday too. I saw of him on the pads again. I he did, did not look anything <laughs> like that. He didn't look a thing like Tyson. I spent all day yesterday saying to my brother, I'm going, oh, like it has to be Holyfield. Holyfield only last fought in 2015. He's probably, he'd probably touch up Tyson. Mind you, I hadn't looked at Holyfield in a while and looked at that video and I thought, oh God, now I look like an idiot. He's taken way more punishment across a longer career than Tyson. He's, an old, he's, he's past it. I don't think that fight would be any good. No, no, I don't think so. But, but I think... Um, Look, it would be interesting to see him fight a rather than an exhibition fight. It'd be, it'd be, I'd like to see a competitive fight if he was going to fight somebody like, yeah. you know, someone, someone in the ranks like Sonny Bill's got. He's had nine fights or something like that. You still want him to fight someone competitive? I actually think Tyson would destroy him. I, I really do. He moves so well through the hips still at a, for a fifty-three-year-old guy. 53-year-old guy that's gone through the him, the amount of cocaine that he has when you read his book. I'm surprised he's not dead, you yeah. know, and um, he still moves really well through the hips and his he strength looks great. is still in. Oh, my goodness. I mean, you know, yourself, mate, the anticipation and the training videos are better than the fights in most times. You hit the fight day. Almost and always. Like, yeah, it is. It's, well, t- tell me then, what do you think? Because I tend to agree, if he's going to do it, do it properly and actually have. A, a competitive fight, one that's going to matter against his record, because those exhibition fights are all bullshit. We've all seen, we've all seen the Rocky movies. We've all seen Rocky Balboa going up against Hulk Hogan in that. What was it? Uh, <laughs> Thunderlips. Uh, Thunderlips. That's. It. <laughs> we've all got a bad taste in our mouth of the exhibition fight at this point. But you got to remember, last year there was all that talk about Tyson Wilder. Now Wilder is a prime conditioned athlete. But the argument from me, Dave, is that he's been exposed. He's got a lot of weakness, Wilder. And it, it, we've seen that he's not a good boxer by any stretch. Yeah, he's he a good puncher. puncher. Is, there, is there a chance where the – I mean, that's probably the most interest fight out there, isn't it? Mate, it would be fantastic to see. I think my personal view is Tyson would hurt him. I think Tyson he'd hurt him. absolutely hurt him. Well, if, if Fury's able to hurt him, and the thing we saw with Wilder was as soon as he was pushed backwards, he couldn't fight. He couldn't fight on the back foot. Tyson's not going to go backwards. Tyson's just going to come forward 100 miles an hour. Yep. So I, I reckon that's an interesting fight. Would be uh, Wilder would have everything to lose and nothing to gain. Yeah. He would have everything to lose and nothing to gain, so he wouldn't take the fight but it would be an amazing fight to see. Tyson would have to get him in the first three to four rounds or he'd run out of gas. Oh, he's not going to go 12 rounds at this point. No way. No, no, no. If he doesn't, he, but but he would knock him out in the first two or three rounds if he was going to knock him out. I, yeah. I think his defense and his, the way he moves, he, Wilder would never have come up against someone that could do that. And Wilder did call him out too, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Wilder said he would knock Tyson out. And then suddenly you see Tyson training. Dave, maybe he is more pissed off than we think. Maybe he is pissed. I don't know. But look, I, I base it on this. Would I buy the fight? Would I pay for it? I'd pay for that. I would pay, pay big for money Wilder. for it. Yes, I would. I'd pay for Wilder versus Tyson without any shadow of a doubt. And that could, you know, it could make money for his homeless <laughs> charities and stuff over there, man. Getting a hell of a lot of marijuana, I don't know. 
I think I think we might I think we might be onto something because the reality is Wilder fights for money. He fights to try and put money on the table for his daughter that's sick. And we all know that. But Tyson and Tyson, you know, Tyson's going to take a payday. If he's coming back, he wants a big payday. The biggest money I can see looking at it is a Wilder Tyson fight. Has to be. Tell me though before we go, what what's your favorite Tyson fight? Oh look. Honestly, I don't, I don't know. I, I think um, I think the um, Holyfield one, leading up to uh, leading up to the bite, right? Leading up yeah. to the bite in the first round, he uh, the third round, he uh, um, Tyson was doing so well against him, and up until then, some of his early fights with Tyson were he was all over him, like he was all mm. over him, and so forth. I mean, you you, got, you can't go past um, uh, the Evander Holyfield fights with him. He Holyfield, Holyfield was an amazing fighter. You look yep. back at him and you look at the build on him, he, he had to be on the gear. Yep. For sure. Uh, oh, he had to be. I don't want to believe he was because I want to believe that's an achievable body. Not that I'll ever get near it, but my God, he looked fantastic. He was phenomenal. So I reckon they're, they're probably my best fights. Those fights there, mm. they were the lead up to them. Even though they... they um, uh, Tyson was doing really well. It was only the headbutt that cra- he cracked the shits and that it did the yeah. bite. The bite was obviously of a madman, but he was know, landing he, he, um, plenty on on Holyfield in those first four rounds. And and, and um, Holyfield came up with that headbutt and split his eye, mm. and he, that's what Gracie cracked the shits on it. Um, yeah. and it just went downhill from there, and will always be remembered. But um, look, you know, I think I think as I said, mate, everyone loves. You know, there can be, you know, all the car crashes all weekend, but people will, will look at the paper and go, wow, there was a shark attack down at wherever on a great white shark. I still think he's just one of those great white sharks. He has no, he had no predators. He was just, he just captivated the, the, the whole audience and people loved him. Uh, even they loved to hate him. They loved to watch him. They just watched him in awe. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in terms of uh, we spoke the other day through Facebook and I think Tyson would have taken on and beaten Muhammad Ali at his best. But Yeah, you, you thought that. Yeah, I, I actually do. I just think I just think he would have just overcame with power. I just think his power would have got him. You don't, you don't think, though, I mean, not to go off on a tangent here, you don't think that, I mean, look at who Ali fought. You, I'd love to know who hit harder out of Fraser... Uh, George Foreman and Tyson, they do, they're all big punches. I know. Foreman, Foreman was a disgrace. He was unbelievable. When you see him punching into that bag, the the, the big bag, oh. uh, he was a monster. The dent that was in that bag was just ridiculous. And then you see Ali go rope-a-dope and take him 10 rounds before knocking him out in like the 13th round. And, mate, that's back in the days of 15-round fights. No, that's bizarre. It's no wonder they no wonder they're all cooked in the mind. Oh, I'll tell you. you don't stand a chance going fifteen rounds in heavyweight and punching on, punching on with blokes like Foreman and Fraser. Fraser, they fight two or three times. Arlene Fraser, it's like how could you do that? Thirty odd rounds of boxing. Ah, oh. and if you if you ever see um once we were kings as the movie right, mm. uh, the world has portrayed uh, Muhammad Ali as this saint and so forth, mm. but. Muhammad Ali to, to Joe Frazier was an absolute animal in those early days. Mm. He was really bad. You yeah. know, remember him, he was, remember him um, doing the gorilla um, impressions and bringing a little gorilla mallet man 
panicking and all that sort of stuff. He was really bad to, to Frazier, even to a point where in the end, Frazier, um, even though they were friends near the end, halfway through when you watch this movie, he goes, I, I, was, I was secretly happy that Muhammad got what he got because he was so bad to me in those early days. And he wasn't an educated man. Um, and, and, he, no. and Muhammad was really educated. Yeah. Joe Frazier was not. And he really pushed that hard and he really made him look stupid in, in the public eye. Oh, so yeah, he was terrible. Was Some of the stuff he said. Yeah, again, it's sort of, it's funny how in history you can sort of look back uh, through the rose-coloured glasses, you know, and sort of you try, you want to remember these legends for the way you want to remember them. You don't want to remember the negative. No, that's right. And and that, and that's probably why, Dave, we're forgiving of the sexual uh, <laughs> misconduct convictions of one Mike Tyson, and we just want to see him back in the ring. What? That's right. Absolutely. And mate, I mean, the the night before, the night before he got beaten by Buster Douglas, if you read his book, he got he had his head in a box of bloody cocaine, and he had a threesome yeah. in Japan the night before. So he was off his nut, and he had three girls in one night. And that was before it. So he's on, he was just, you got to read. I'm surprised he's not dead for the amount of um, cocaine that he put up his nose yeah. throughout the years. I mean, he spent millions. He's very much the sort of person where he's so mythical, as you said earlier, that he, it almost feels like he is one of those people that died at some, like he, he fits into that category of those rock stars of a period that went so hard and fast that they died, and and because of that, they reached a higher legend status. It is, it's it's crazy that he's alive. Like, did you ever catch him on the Joe Rogan podcast? Did you hear that conversation? I've saw, I've seen some of it. Yeah, it's just mind blowing. And you, and he does, he uh, like sort of revisits all those memories of his boxing career. It's it's astounding. He was able to wipe the floor with blokes the way he did. It makes you think if he was clean and and clear minded and sort of focused. What kind of damage could he have done for a long period of time? He would have. No one would have come close then. Yeah, he he probably would no have touched would, up Holyfield. He would have probably would have oh, beaten would have, Holyfield. He would have. have if he had his head right and his mind on it, a hundred percent. And he was. And but but the whole but his whole makeup was that was what he what he was like. You mm. know, at thirteen he was stealing people's wallet on the streets and punching on. He had a body of a twenty-one year old at thirteen. You know, built like a man possessed at thirteen, and and street fighting. That's just who he is. You know, and if he had a an educated mind, yeah. he probably would never have gotten the boxing in the first place. You know, that's what he said to his son. He goes, "You'll never be able to do what I did because you didn't have the upbringing that yeah. I had." It's true to to not have the mental scars he had from an early life. He probably would never have been able to go to that place that he went to. And you see, there was that interview with him somewhat recently where he starts crying. He's on a podcast with Sugar Ray Leonard. And he starts crying saying, I, I can't, I'm not that person anymore. I wish I could be that person still, but that person's gone. And it's just such a confronting moment of if you're that fucked up in the head, <laughs> that's the sort of, that, that's what it can lead to is that sort of mentality. And he was a bloody killer. He was an absolute killer. But what have we decided here, Dave? I think we've decided that we would like to see the killer return one more time. One more time for Wilder. Absolutely. One <laughs> Why not? And he's got our money. He's got our cash money already. He has. Mano, Mano, Mano. He is going straight for it, but I'm, and I'm paying up already. Pay in advance, pay per view. And yep. Mate, we'll be on it. I'm all over it. 
Actually, what we'll do is we'll go to your place and you can put on the barbecue again, as you so often do, and we'll come put it on the big screen. That'll be lovely. And I'll give you some money for it. Oh, it's all right. I'm still waiting for the last bit. Yeah, I last thought you might have been. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for jumping on, Dave. Appreciate you talking Tyson with me. And uh, hopefully we have a fight and we can get you back on to discuss it. Good on you, mate. All the very best, Dan. Have a great day, everyone. Good on you, bud. Thanks, Dave. Mike Tyson, eh? I guess we'll have to wait and see what actually happens. But boy, I am, I am, uh, I'm waiting with keen eyes. That's for sure. I look forward to hopefully seeing Mike step into a ring. I think. I think that's what I really want. I think it's what I really want. Thanks to Dave for joining me for this episode and chatting about Mike. And uh, don't forget, if you're looking for a bit of boxing training, head down to Bobby Dunn's Boxing in uh, Preston here in Melbourne. You can get one hell of a workout down there by Dave and those boys. But, uh, yeah, another episode of the Pop Culture Experience done. Tackling Mike Tyson. i got to be honest. When I started throwing this idea around maybe a year ago for this podcast, I didn't think Mike Tyson would be a, a topic. But isn't it bloody fun how things pop up in pop culture where you go, Jesus, all right, well, that's popular. Let's run with it. So I actually have no idea what the future looks like for the show, let alone Mike Tyson. But it's very exciting. Enjoy your week, guys, whatever you do with yourselves. And, uh, yeah, keep watching things because I think the world, at least here in Australia, is going to get back to normal soon. And you're going to be back at work and you're going to be going, oh, God damn it, I had all that downtime. Why didn't I finish watching that show or maybe even start watching that show? So get around, tick those things off your watch list, read a book if you're interested in that. You know where I sit on the books. Interested in them, but you'll have to really sell me on it. I'm going to stop talking for this week and, uh, look, I'll see you back for the next episode of the Pop Culture Experience. Take care. This has been a Cheeky Leprechaun production.